Well, every blessing to you all. Welcome back to my open air pulpit. Yes, it's May, it's spring, <laughs> and yet it feels like October, cold. We've had snow and sleet over the last couple of days, would you believe? But May, if you are a Roman Catholic, is the month of Mary, and so is October, and they worship Mary. They give two months out of the entire year over to the worship of Mary. And yet what would she say? I rejoice in God, my Saviour. Well, for this morning, I want to speak about 17 sins that are rarely, if ever, preached about. I want to begin in Galatians chapter 5. And if you care to know, it's about 4 degrees Celsius. And with a wind chill, it feels maybe 1 or 2 degrees Celsius. But the sun is now coming out, so praise the Lord for that. Galatians 5, let's begin, if we may, in verse 13. For brethren, brothers, ye have been called unto liberty, a license to live, not a license to sin, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. We have freedom, which is wonderful, and only we, as Bible believers, have freedom, complete, unequivocal freedom, liberty, and here the Apostle Paul is warning, brothers and sisters, verse 13, not to use our liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. So this video from the pulpit this morning, Lord willing, will look at the two natures of the believer, one standing, one state, never the same, and yet that is also neglected by most Bible teachers. And you will hear sermons, of course, over the years, concerning the big sins, but very rarely the small sins. For brethren, brothers and sisters, those that are saved, ye have been called unto liberty, like be holy, for I am holy, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Paul would say, in my flesh dwells no good thing, but by love serve one another. In fact, keep your hand there and go to John uh, chapter 2 our Calvinist friends like to uh, promote total depravity or total inability and there are or there is some legitimacy to such a belief and there are some good Calvinists who understand biblical truths but most are following uh, the traditions of men and in John chapter 2 look at verse 24 but Jesus did not, uh, did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men, and he did not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Man is basically no good, born in sin, lives in sin, dies in sin. Our blood <coughs> is basically no good, and because our blood is basically no good, we need the blood of the Lamb. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them, like people in general, because he knew all men, not just some, but all men, and he did not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. So Adam was born perfect and upright, and when he was tested, when the Lord tried him out, of course he would fall, along with his wife, and everybody since Adam, who's been tried and tested, has all uh, falling into error or sin all of the men in the Bible and I mean all of the men in the Bible had their shortcomings and so too would 
the women. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Just because you once were an alcoholic, or you're once a chain smoker, or you're once a drug addict, don't tempt the Lord. Don't say, well, I'm now saved, and those vices no longer can claim me. Because if you start to play with the flesh, you will fall. And Paul would say, in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. And that's why I always like to talk about standing estates, imputation, Christ's blood puts to our accounts, because without him we are nothing. But by love serve one another. For the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself, not just your brother or sister, in the Lord but people in general you should go the extra mile if you can you should make time to speak to people or show kindness to people as and when possible maybe three or four years ago we were in Bristol doing an outreach a wonderful outreach <coughs> and Patrick spoke to a chap who worked at a local place in Bristol and it turned out this chap was a Christian and Patrick said to him how do you find sharing the gospel are people receptive in Bristol? And he said, I don't know. He said, uh, I don't share the gospel. <laughs> he said, I'm saved. I know that I'm saved. And that's all that matters. That's a bad attitude. And that chap is not loving his neighbour as himself. For the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. The first commandment is to love the Lord thy God, with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. And then to love your neighbour as yourself. But of course, if you think about that, second of the commandments or the second commandment to love your neighbor as yourself many times people like to say but i love my neighbor as myself of course they don't because if you really loved your neighbor as yourself when you are when you are in a supermarket buying your groceries or your foods or treating yourself to stuff you prob probably shouldn't be treating yourself to uh, you don't buy the same for your neighbor next door do you well, of course not so if you're buying nice exp uh, expensive clothes you don't treat your neighbour to the same, of course you don't. So if you buy yourself a new car, you don't buy your neighbour a new car, so don't kid yourself. But the goal is to love your neighbours yourself, not to make provisions for the flesh. Don't uh, put yourself in harm's way, because of course if you do, you go back under the law. Back under the judgments of the Lord. Look at verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that... You be not consumed one of another. This epistle is what we call a Pauline epistle, aimed at Christians, not non-Christians, but Christians, saved people. Whatever Paul would write, <coughs> it's applicable to us. Yes, it's true, many parts of the Old Testament spiritually uh, can be applied to the church, but not practically. And even parts of the four Gospels uh, can also be applied doctrinally, but mostly spiritually. Because, of course, until the testator has died, uh, the new covenant, the new agreement, the, the uh, new lease is not yet uh, valid. Slight uh, paraphrase. But if you bite and devour one another, not physically, and yet I'm sure it's possible that some Christians over the years have been physical one to another, take heed! That you be not consumed one of another one of another consumed with jealousy consumed with envy we'll get to those uh sins shortly this i say then verse 16 walk in the spirits 
going back to uh, Romans chapter 8 and ye all of you shall not fulfill the last of the flesh so it's like this if it wasn't possible for Christians to sin like when we first got saved if we were sinless if we weren't prone to commit sins of the flesh there'd be no need for a judgment seat Paul says it's the terror of the Lord and he says how we'll all have to appear at the judgment seat of Christ to be judged for what we have done good or bad in the body of course our standing doesn't change at the judgment seat of Christ but our state can fluctuate from A to B if you think about uh, Vincent van Gogh sometimes pronounced uh, van Gogh but I've always pronounced it as van Gogh came from a very uh, pious uh, Protestant family in Holland I think or was it Sweden I'm not sure I think it was Holland and uh, his father was a pastor and he was very close to his brother called uh, Theo and I think there was a sister as well and for many years Vincent's plan uh, was to go into the ministry and uh, be a missionary and that's what he would do he was a missionary for a period of time lived a very tough life would live with the miners and uh, he was so close to his people that he would uh, give his money to the miners and one day people from his local board went to visit him from his local uh, mission board and they said uh, where's Vincent went from house to house we're looking for Vincent we can't find him and they said oh he's at such and such a location and they went to such and such a location and he was sleeping on the floor and they said this is incredible we're paying you to be a missionary and the money that we are giving you should go to the people I should go to yourself excuse me you should go to yourself to pay for your own overheads not to the people <laughs> and old Vincent took the ministry so seriously and he meant well his heart was in the right place but he ended up giving all of his money to the people on top of that he gave his food to the people and he was living in great poverty great squalor and they said uh, we can't allow this to continue you are the minister you've been ordained you've been sent out to preach the gospel to these people to show a good example and yet you're living like a beggar you're living in squalor and uh, they gave him a warning went back some months later and again he was sleeping on the floor and he gave his own apartment to a family I seem to recall and they said this can't continue and of course he was later fired from being a missionary fast forward through his life a very torturous life uh, he suffered poverty he suffered uh, mental health problems over the years probably suffered with bipolar as it's now known and uh, he went back to his family home and it was one Sunday morning and uh, Protestants sometimes call Sunday the Sabbath it's not but they call it the Sabbath and one day Vincent is out in a forest or an open area like this and he's painting and his parents are going to church and uh, as they're traveling back and forth they can see Vincent painting away Sunday morning and uh, somebody said to Vincent's pastor uh, Vincent's uh, father who was a pastor uh, isn't that your son Vincent's over there and he said yes it is and of course Vincent had had a breakdown a nervous breakdown this I say then walk in the spirit that's a commandment and you shall not fulfill the last of the flesh so it's still possible to fulfill the last of the flesh if you go back to the Old Testament just pick out three or four men or three or four women you'll find faults with all of those people and while it's fair to say that those people were not born again 
they were still saved. Because again, those Old Testament saints got saved by believing on a promise. We get saved by believing on the one who gave the promise. And yet all of those greats, and I mean all of those greats back in the Old Testament, were prone to sin, prone to wander from the one they love. And of course, some of those greats like Solomon and uh, perhaps Josiah uh, died prematurely because of their sin. David was about 70 when he died, so that's an average age for the Old Testament. But Solomon died less than 60. Josiah died in combat, I seem to recall. Uh, and of course, King Saul, Israel's first king, would also die prematurely. The wage of the sin is death. We all die due to our sin, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, ultimately, we all die because we sin. Our blood is no good. But thanks to Christ's blood, which is put to our account, we have everlasting life. And when he sees us, he sees Christ, of course. And when he sees Christ on the cross, he sees us. A switch has taken place. 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, old man, new man, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, opposites, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. That goes back to Romans chapter 7, O wretched man, that I am, that which I don't want to do, I do, and that which I want to do, I do not do. And the Apostle Paul would lament over his sinful nature, and Philippians chapter 3 is another good place to go to, to study the old man, and the new man for the flesh picturing our unregenerate part of our bodies which doesn't get regenerates our bodies die we die we go into the ground but our inward man is renewed each and every day but our outward man perishes each and every day it is decaying what do they call that the second law of thermodynamics for the flesh lusteth against a spirit capital s holy spirit which of course lives inside of you. He's there to empower you, as will be the Father and the Son, of course. And the spirit against the flesh, it's like a battle. It's like a war. You think about uh, Van Gogh, like I say, he was hoping to do good things. Should never gone to the ministry, really, in hindsight, but he was very uh, convicted to save the people, to help the people, to be a good example to the people. His father was a pastor, like I say, but uh, he wasn't able to reach it. And he went back to his uh, family home, got into painting, and he drifted for many, many years. Theo owned a shop in France, I think it was, a, a painting shop. Uh, and uh, was able to help Vincent, subsidised Vincent, if the truth were known. In fact, it was a gallery, not a painting shop. <laughs> he wasn't a painter, Theo, but his brother was. And his gallery would take paintings from uh, Vincent and just give him a couple of pounds, I guess, by today's money, uh, to carry him over, doing his brother a favour. Of course, now his paintings are priceless. Incredible, isn't it? For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, like Vincent van Gogh, and the spirit against the flesh. He would get into drinking, womanizing. It's been said he was also a homosexual. He was a tortured man. Of course, that infamous account when he cut his ear, and it's been said he was actually trying to cut his throat, would be sectioned in a mental institution. And uh, it was touch and go for a period of time, and eventually 
of course he died a broken man a torn up man a very disturbed man and to this day he is one of the greatest painters on the face of the earth was he saved i don't know but he started off with good intentions but he never got power over the flesh can do the things that you would it's like a jekyll and hyde situation christ would say the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak but if you be led of the spirit you're not under the law so it's possible to live above the law it is possible to live above sin that's what the greats all of the old-time methodist preachers would teach of course some would stretch it some would uh, go to an opposite extreme and say that if you sinned ever and didn't repent you would lose your salvation others would say you can do what you want and there's no consequences which is also an extreme position to hold to but it is fair to say and it is biblical to say that once a person has been justified once a person has been exonerated he or she has been declared to be not guilty and on top of that they have been declared to be innocent 19 now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these adultery fornication uncleanness lasciviousness idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulations wrath strife seditions heresies envyings murders drunkenness revelings and such like of the which i tell you before as i have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of god and most commentaries when they hit these passages will say that if somebody is practicing such sins they are lost never saved to begin with uh, which of course is a lie if you profile all of the greats throughout the history of the church i mean all of the greats they all had shortcomings there was a guy called templeton who was an associate an affiliate a contemporary of uh, billy graham and for many years templeton was a hellfire preacher as was billy graham and they were both preaching throughout the 1940s possibly into the 1950s but something went wrong for templeton and he became agnostic started to stray started to go his own way and uh, became agnostic became secular is that sleet i can feel <laughs> in may incredible uh bitterly cold this is ridiculous for this time of the year uh and he got into the world backslid was writing scripts was writing plays for hollywood for tv shows so on and so forth and for a long period of time he was known as an atheist a critic of christianity while of course billy graham was getting more and more successful more and more wealthy rubbing shoulders with the one percent far too close to world leaders if you think back to 2004 was it 2003 2004 those recordings released from uh, the white house of richard nixon's anti-semitic comments about the jews and of course all of his recordings going back to president kennedy and perhaps even eisenhower were recorded and you can hear uh nixon attacking the jews mocking the jews and billy graham is agreeing with him and those recordings were made public 
15 years ago or thereabouts. Nearly 20 years ago, in fact. What am I saying? Nearly 20 years ago. And of course, Graham had to come out and apologise. He said, I'm so sorry. I should have said something to the president. It was wrong what he said, so on and so forth. But Billy was far too close to the president. I think it was the first time that Nixon ran against uh, Kennedy. And uh, Nixon lost that election. And he said to... Uh, Graham, whatever you do, when he, being President Kennedy, calls for you, go to him, help him out, assist him, so on and so forth, he needs you. Which is pretty good advice, I guess, if you are America's pastor. But the problem was, the compromise started to set in. And you had Billy Graham flying all over the world, rubbing shoulders with the 1% who run the entire show. And that wasn't bad enough. He became very ecumenical. His friend Templeton, continue to stray and do his own thing and I'll come back to him in a minute. Now the works of the flesh are manifest like declared. Which are these? Adultery, taking somebody else's wife for your own or taking somebody else's husband for your own. David was known to do that and of course he's gone down in history as the man with two natures had a great love for the Lord but more importantly the Lord loved him. He'll be called the apple of the, Lord, of the Lord's eye but of course he paid a huge price for his liaisons shall we say but of course it was adultery and then he lost his mind over his relationship with Bathsheba but of course spiritual adultery which in many ways is more serious than uh, practical or physical adultery uh, one of the reasons why the whore of Rome is condemned so severely in the book of uh, Revelation is because outwardly she offers herself as being a Christian institution and of course those of us who are saved know she is not uh, but internally she's wicked, she is deplorable, she is committing debaucherous acts each and every day she commits sins with the people of the world, the so-called good and the great and when she does that she blasphemes Almighty God so physical adultery is one thing but spiritual adultery is even worse fornication Primarily uh, premarital sex. Some years ago, a guy walked over to me in Manchester and he said, uh, I feel torn up, I feel uneasy with myself, I feel convicted. And I said to him, What's the problem? He said, I'm living with a woman, we're not married, and I feel bad about it. And I said to him, Do you love her? And he said, He did. And I said, uh, Does she love you? And he said, She did. And I said, well, Why don't you get married? You know, why are you living together? It used to be called living in sin. I said, if you love one another and you're both single, get married. We prayed and uh, he went away feeling hopefully better. Uh, he certainly appeared to feel better after we gave him some counsel. But fornication, again, and sleeping with somebody who's not your biological, or what am I saying, is sleeping with somebody who's not your legal husband or wife. Of course, you go back to Abraham, who was having relations with his biological sister, half-sister of course, which before the law was permitted, but post-law it was not. Spiritual fornication, like spiritual adultery, going back to the whore of Rome, Billy Graham would also be guilty of spiritual adultery and spiritual fornication. He would say that the gospel that the Pope preached was the same as what he preached, which of course is a joke. It's no gospel, it's an accursed gospel fun over in Galatians chapter 1. Uncleanness, like foul, like dirty, uh, like filthy talk coming out of your mouth. Lasciviousness, lasciviousness, 
extreme pornography, which in some countries is illegal. Idolatry, going back to May, and yes, this is May, it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't look like it. But May, in the Church of Rome, like I said at the beginning of this message, is the month of Mary. And they would have the Lady Altar, as it's known, decked with uh, flowers. And if you go to Catholic churches during the month of Mary, excuse me, during the month of May, and during the month of October, you will see more flowers than usual uh, put on the altar to commemorate to worship Mary. Of course, it is a sin. In fact, the worst sin in Scripture, and I've proved this many times over the years, is idolatry. There's a curse which comes with that. But again, spiritual idolatry. Uh, you can find people who worship churches, ministries, priests and prophets, and so-called famous people. Uh, there are ministries in America which follow people like Charles Spurgeon. And there are ministries in America which follow people like... Uh, uh, Cardinal Minzenti and these two characters, Charles Spurgeon and uh, Minzenti, uh, Joseph Minzenti, I think it was Joseph Minzenti, they're worshipped. By the one hand Catholics and on the other hand Calvinists, of course they won't agree with that, but that's my opinion. Witchcraft, like spells, pills, magic, or Big Pharma, spelled with a P, not an F, <coughs> very much in the press at the moment. People want to make money quickly and they invest in big pharma, become very wealthy. But of course, the downside of that is such companies get people hooked on their medications, on their medicines. Witchcraft, spells and bells, black magic, white magic, going to a clairvoyant, consulting people that you shouldn't, like King Saul would do back in the Old Testament. Hatred. Hatred. Most of the arguments you see online and uh, most of the conflicts over the years go back to hatred uh, like Saudi Arabia and Yemen or uh, Jordan and Iran, hatred. Variants uh, like uh, potential to become a war, like a conflict is brewing. Emulations like counterfeits, uh, copying someone or something or trying to be somebody's rival, like a ministry trying to copy somebody else's ministry or trying to copy the King James Bible with counterfeits. Wrath, going back to hatred, but wrath, anger, Hatred, basically, was it week before last? We were doing some outreach Saturday afternoon. A young man walked over to me, 19, he told me. I gave him one of our new credit card tracks. He took it, and we got talking. And he said to me, uh, he didn't believe in the Bible, and he offered himself as a believer in uh, reincarnation. And I said to him, who gets to decide who comes back as what? And he couldn't really answer that point. And I could tell he'd been drinking I thought this is this is incredible not even 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon intoxicated and I'm always wary of drunk people uh, because they are unpredictable of course and uh, we got talking about hatred unjust anger I took him through the good person test and uh, we got to the uh, hatred parts he, he didn't like it at all it was a stumbling block for him 
And I said to him, if you have unjust hatred, unjust anger in your hearts, you are a murderer. Of course, 1 John chapter 3, strictly speaking, is aimed at either somebody's biological brother or spiritual brother. But we do use it on the streets to show people in general that God sees anger, wrath as the same as hatred. He didn't like that at all. Didn't like it at all. And he said, I don't, uh, I'm not a murderer, he said. And he came very close to me, I could smell the alcohol on his breath. And I'm looking around for Patrick, can't see him. <laughs> and a couple of his friends came over and I was outnumbered five to one. And I'm praying, working out what's gonna happen. I've always wondered what would happen if I was physically assaulted. I mean, smacked, smashed in the face or kicked or punched. I'd like to think I would take it, Matthew chapter 5, like turn the other cheek, but I wonder sometimes. And uh, I stood my ground and I said to him, so if you were to die, would you go up or would you go down? And he said to me, uh, I would go up, I would go up. He came very close to me. And I was waiting for him to swing a punch at me and he was sort of weighing me up, eyeing me up and down. Of course I was taller than him, heavier than him. And I think he realised, or he probably thought that I might punch back. I hope I wouldn't, but I sometimes wonder. It uh, was de-escalated uh, de and eventually Patrick walked over and uh, we spoke to his friends, turned around and said I'll see you next Saturday and we can continue it next week. The following Saturday he didn't turn up and last Saturday he didn't turn up and this Saturday, Lord willing, I'll be back on the street. But he was convicted over the issue of wrath, anger, hatred, didn't like the idea of being seen of as being seen as a murderer and I can only figure that perhaps he's done prison time perhaps he's known to be violent so I don't know strife causing divisions causing people to uh, fall out uh, strife in the sense of trying to overthrow the Bible if you will and upholding and promoting all the new Bibles and putting this book down or not being submission to this book I saw a video last week online, I haven't watched it yet, I might watch it, attacking the King James Bible, there's always videos attacking the King James Bible, and I thought, it's always the King James, isn't it, that gets critiqued, criticised, you don't find people attacking the NASV, or the New King James, or the ESV, it's always the King James, and they cause strife, they cause divisions, seditions, you think to Belfast, you think to Ulster, you think to... I see now Scotland Scotland have an independence movement they are called nationalists <coughs> or Ulster Northern Ireland have what's called uh, republicanism uh, and nationalism and the Republicans are Sinn Féin predominantly Catholic whereas in Scotland they are nationalists predominantly I'm not sure what their religion would be uh, they're not Protestants or Catholic uh, probably socialists which has its roots in communism which of course is atheism and of course if you get into revolutions if you get into movements like the Sinn Féin movement in Northern Ireland which wants a united Ireland or the Scottish National Party uh, in Scotland which want to break away from England and break away from the Union and get closer to Europe which has never really made any sense to me <coughs> You think of Britain, we all have the same language, uh, the same currency, the same head of state, the same culture, uh, 
and you look to Brussels, different languages. Yeah, one currency, although some of the countries or some of the members in the EU don't have the e, don't have the euro. I think Norway and a couple of other countries don't have the euro. Switzerland, uh, they've got the Swiss franc, of course. But for me, that seems seditious to want to break away from the union and uh, get closer to a foreign power, a foreign entity. <coughs> Heresies, heresies, many of those around attacking the Trinity, <coughs> attacking the King James Bible. I mean, if the, word, if the uh, word of the Lord has been inspired, it would be preserved. A lot of our street preaching friends, they'll say, uh, if you love me, keep my commandments. And they preach that to lost people, which I never really understood. Uh, you should preach that to saved people, not to unsaved people. But they never say, uh, if you love me, keep my words of course the reason for that is many of our street preaching friends haven't got a perfect bible they use multiple translations and that's another thing that i am concerned about idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulations being in competition with one another when you should be working together wrath strife same sort of a thing but it can become a war, it can become a conflict. Seditions, like overthrowing governments, like Guy Fawkes would attempt to do, or the Spanish Armada would attempt to do, or Sinn Féin IRA would attempt to do, or the Scottish Nasty Party are attempting to do. Heresies, attacking the nature of God. And it's been said over the years that if we get the nature of God wrong, we get everything wrong. Envyings, that's the main problem that I see a lot, envying, envious, wanting to be what you're not. Countries around the world are envious of America and they attack America 24-7. Middle Eastern countries are envious of Israel and they attack Israel each and every day. But Christians are envious one of another. He's got a big ministry. She's got a good following. Uh, this church can do this, that church can do that. They envy one another, they start to undermine one another, they start to attack one another. Murders, going back to that young chap two weeks ago, didn't like the idea of being called a murderer, and of course I was trying to show him his sin before I could show him the solution to his sin. But until a person is humble enough to receive the remedy to their sin problem, what we don't do is jump to the cross. We don't say, uh, Jesus loves you, he has a wonderful plan for you, uh, we give you the bad news before we give you the uh, good news, of course. But murders, not just uh, in your heart, but uh, physical murdering. Uh, Vincent van Gogh got into a spat one night with one of his uh, friends. I forget the guy's name. And uh, it was basically a lover's tiff. And uh, he nearly killed him, basically. The uh, two natures to Van Gogh, if he was saved, were very relevant and very prevalent and very obvious during that uh, squabble. But of course, if he wasn't saved, then of course, he's just a lost man in hell today. <coughs> but the lover's tiff almost resulted in uh, his uh, friend uh, being murdered. Drunkenness, drinking, you think back to uh, Noah, uh, back in the Old Testament, and uh, people over the years have had drink problems, uh, they get intoxicated, like this young chap. 
and that sort of thing that will stay with you forever if you can't break it always uh, avoid some of the vices when you are younger because if you avoid them when you are younger it's a lot less likely that you'll pick it up later in life you won't become a drunkard or a smoker or a drug addict later in life most of your addicts started when they were very young uh, revelings like uh, rowdy <coughs> like uh, having a party or celebration and it gets out of control revelings like new year's eve or celebrating uh, the 4th of july or celebrating uh, events like that or on the catholic continent celebrating feast days or if you're irish and you celebrate a wake and after the wake they go back to the local pub and they drink and they drink and they drink and they get into fights and such like of the which i tell you before as i've also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of god templeton was in the wilderness for many many years went against the lord pushed and promoted the gospel which attacked christ when he got up in years he had a visitor uh, by a guy called lee strobel and he went to visit uh, templeton to get information about the good old days basically when uh, charles was preaching with billy and uh, strobel said he was shocked to see this elderly gentleman who he thought would be an angry atheist like uh, richard dawkins uh, blaspheming god attacking christ and he said it was uh, the complete opposite and he said basically that he missed christ that christ was the greatest man who ever lived and he said out of nowhere he burst into tears and he couldn't control himself and uh he was basically convicted over the uh years he'd wasted in the world and it dawned on strobel that he was a prodigal son shortly after that meeting took place uh templeton's wife reported that in his dying days in his dying days <laughs> excuse me in his dying days <coughs> he started to get more emotional and uh, on one occasion he said to his wife uh, I'm about to go home they're coming for me I can see them coming for me and he was smiling he was joyful and of course he was waiting for the angels to come for him you say was he saved quite possibly but he strayed he was the prodigal son gone for many many years and in his dying days his dying moments he got a glimpse of heaven and the Lord is waiting with his arms open up wide. Why not? Why couldn't that be a story to share? Just because he was out of the will of the Lord for 30, 40 years doesn't mean anything. His state was a mess, but his standing was untouchable. <clears throat> and that's where you to be careful if you hear about people who say they are Christians and aren't living a particularly good life, not setting a very good example. You could be careful not to be too judgmental. Envyings online spats books against one another gossiping trying to undermine people's ministries murders drunkenness not just alcohol but uh today we could say this uh, uh chain smoking or drug abuse going back to witchcraft verse 20 hooked on prescription medication revelings revelers new year eve revelers party revelers and such like of the which i tell you i tell you before as i've told you as i've also told you in time past that they which do such things 
do such things, practice such things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God, on the one hand, is everlasting life. John 3 says you cannot even see the kingdom of God until you are born again. But it's also the millennial kingdom. You've got the kingdom of heaven, <coughs> which during the time of Christ would have been a thousand year reign. The Jews rejected Jesus, so of course that got suspended. But one day it will be implemented. But the kingdom of God is tied in with your salvation, it's tied in with your mansion and where you go when you die. If I keep your hand and go to Ephesians chapter 5. I have no idea if Templeton was saved, I hope he was. And I have no idea if Graham was saved, I hope he was. And I have no idea if uh, Van Gogh was saved, I hope he was. But when I read about these people, uh, I find red flags all over the place. But that's not to say that they weren't saved. Uh, that's just to say that their states were very precarious. For me, I always like to uh, listen to rough and ready preachers, uh, those who had checkered lives or living checkered lives. I can relate more to those people. Uh, the more polished a preacher is, the less I can relate to such a person. Ephesians 5 is a good cross-reference. Uh, look at verse uh, 3. Befornication. Going back to premarital sex, but also spiritual fornication. And all uncleanness. Uh, going back to your state, like Van Gogh's, who's, who had an awful uh, appearance. He was basically starving. And uh, although he meant well, he wasn't perhaps setting the best example. Uh, for somebody who was living a victorious life for the Lord. I guess today we would say he was probably more involved with the social gospel uh, than the gospel of Christ, of course. Or covetousness. Coveting, lusting, wanting what isn't yours. It could be money, it could be women, it could be prestige, it could be the top job. And of course, uh, coveting is the spirit of witchcraft. Let it not once be named among you as becometh saints. So it's possible that a saint can do these things. Neither filthiness, which we've just spoken about, nor foolish talking, uh, like making uh, inappropriate statements, nor jesting, like the old mother-in-law joke, or the old father-in-law joke, or the old joke about the wife, or what have you. Remember years ago, somebody we knew, she was a saved woman, had a good testimony and her husband was a lost man and when she would phone up to speak to her husband uh, they would say to him oh such and such uh, your wife's on the phone and uh, they would call her Hitler Hitler foolish talking foolish jesting which not convenient unacceptable but rather giving of thanks for this you know that no whoremonger that's a man who likes to sleep around going back to lasciviousness nor unclean person in the Old Testament, somebody who was defiled, who came into contact with a corpse. Nor covetous man, covetous person. That's what drives crime, like armed robberies, smash and grab, as they call it. You're coveting something which isn't yours. Covetous man, who is an idolater, idolatry, not just the worship of Mary during the month of May, 
and October about the exaltation of men and the demotion of God hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God so it's double application on the one hand he's saying to those who aren't saved that those who do such things will not go to heaven when they die not just because they do those things but because they haven't trusted in Christ and those who have trusted in Christ and are doing those things quite possibly quite likely could lose their millennial inheritance but of course if they repent if they confess their sins they won't lose their millennial inheritance but you think back to the Old Testament David Samson Josiah Gideon had many wives many children all those guys are in heaven today Hebrews chapter 12 maybe Rachel maybe Rebecca Ruth some of the greats perhaps Naomi so sometimes do you think to yourself well maybe someone like Templeton who went against God for many a year or Van Gogh who was feeding the flesh for many a year or Billy Graham who was a compromiser hanging around with unsaved presidents and prime ministers and popes maybe such people have lost their millennial inheritance going back to coveting and uh, wanting what is not theirs or was not theirs but at the same time had those people repented before they died they may uh, be able to hold on to their millennial inheritance fornication uncleanness covetousness filthiness foolish talking jesting was not convenient but rather giving of thanks no whoremonger not unclean person you can defile yourself very quickly very easily and of course once you lose your testimony it's very hard to get it back nor covetous man covetous person wanting what's not yours who is an idolater so coveting is, is uh, tied in with idolatry hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God so it is possible and reading these verses this morning quite uh, probable that many a people many a Christian that go back to uh, Galatians 5 will lose their millennial inheritance you say what happens then well they're still saved of course but they don't get to rule and reign for a thousand years they will be relegated to the bench if you will See, it's like this people say well before I was saved I did this and I did that I'm now I'm now free of that and that's that's that's, uh, that's very good praise the Lord but if you murder somebody once upon a time you're still seen of as being a murderer aren't you or if you were an armed robber people still see you as an armed robber or a drug addict in fact if you are an alcoholic you go to the AA movement the Alcoholics Anonymous and you have to get up and uh, tell people a bit about yourself and uh, they say to those who are present uh, or you say to those who are present as well that my name is such and such and, and I am present tense an alcoholic I don't like that myself I think once you are set free from that sin you are free from that sin but in their thinking you are always an alcoholic because you could fall off the wagon which is very true lasciviousness extreme pornography like I say group sex orgies variants emulations counterfeiting basically wrath strife seditions heresies I would think most Christians are destroyed uh, on the subject of heresies 
they get the trinity all mixed up and they dig a they dig a hole and it gets a it gets become a deep hole and they dig a deeper hole and they can't get out of it and they set themselves up as this great authority on the nature of god and they are corrected by brothers and sisters in the lord and they won't budge and of course if you teach a heresy if you get god wrong you get the gospel wrong and if you get the gospel wrong you get everything wrong and it's my belief that most people who teach heresy know they are teaching heresy but they won't repent of it and those people just in the uh, who are in the same category as adulterers fornicators are going to risk losing their millennial inheritance drunkenness you say i get drunk once or twice a week you say i get drunk once or twice a month you say i get drunk once or twice a year does that mean i am a drunkard or just a part-time drunkard you're still practicing it aren't you you're still doing it same sort of a thing witchcraft magic spells seances messing around with ouija boards i've told you before that they which do such things practice such things shall not no doubt in paul's mind shall not inherit the kingdom of god and yet if you confess your sins first john chapter 1 17 sins which are already preached against if we confess our sins if we doesn't say if you if we confess our sins we uh, will be forgiven of our sins because he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness so standing estate not the same thing and if these sins or if just one of these 17 sins connects with you then you know where you are as far as god is concerned james says if we break one of the laws we've broken all of the laws so it's now down to you down to me down to all of us to examine ourselves regularly second corinthians 13 to make sure we are in the faith walking in the spirit not committing the sins of the flesh and if we are in the spirit not committing the sins of the flesh those 17 sins from galatians 5 and half a dozen or so from ephesians 5 won't touch us and if we find ourselves doing those sins uh, uh, galatians 5 and ephesians 5 we need to repent of those sins we need to stop doing those sins stop being angry stop shouting and screaming at your children if you've got children or shouting and screaming at your husband or your wife if you're married or shouting and screaming at your employees if you are a christian employer or if you are a christian employee stop shouting and screaming to those all around you stop causing a commotion turn off the pornography stop trying to be who you are not stop comparing yourself to others online seditions don't call yourself a nationalist you are a christian as of right now there's a movement in france to potentially remove the president of france incredible to think that in the 21st century that would even be spoken about i'm told that in france uh, parts of france are no-go areas i can believe that and uh, many french people are wanting something to change and there's now talk of a coup d'etat there's now talk of generals past and present and even politicians the mayor of paris even she is saying that it's time for the president to either go or be deposed overthrown incredible 
and many French uh, people are being rounded up, politicians and uh, former military people arrested because it's sedition. They are guilty of sedition. <coughs> they are guilty of sedition, of course. And I don't like the idea of movements like that because once a movement like that begins and you overthrow a leader, no matter how wicked he or she is, what will come in such a person's place? Who are you going to place them with? The socialists? The communists? The fascists? And of course, history has shown that the Christian suffers the most. Heresies, many of those, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, which goes back to drunkenness, overeating as well, incidentally, and such like, those that are similar, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not, shall not, shall not inherit the kingdom of God, not your salvation, you don't inherit salvation, it's a free gift. But when it comes to what you do after you are saved, you can lose your inheritance if you go against the Lord and you're still saved, but there's no crowns for you. There's no ruling and reigning for you and you'll sit on the bench and watch all those around you who didn't commit those 17 sins from Galatians or half a dozen or so from Ephesians and just wish to yourself that you'd live more for the Lord and people like Van Gogh and Templeton and Graham are just probably three people who will wish they'd done a lot more for the Lord and not fed their flesh there's also a passage in the Gospel of Luke I think it's Gospel of Luke uh, Luke I think it's Luke 19 which speaks about the talents and some will give more talents than others and what they did with their talents would determine what happened when they died and also the uh, pounds that they invested in and some got a good return and others got no return and some even lost their return going back to the real real uh, risk of losing a person's millennial inheritance so i'll close it there from the open air pulpit please join me this coming sunday when i record psalm 30 and uh, keep us in prayer as we keep you in prayer as we live through these difficult and uh, distressing days together as one body we all suffer together of course uh, but let's not spend too much time focusing on things we cannot uh, change but uh, focus our energies on what we can change and uh, be a blessing to one another and i'll sign it now and wish you every blessing in the wonderful name of the lord jesus christ amen and amen just a quick ps on the subject of lasciviousness uh, which covers all sexual sins and of course the most depraved of all sexual sins like uh, uh, paedophilia and uh, homosexuality go to first corinthians 6 and uh first corinthians 6 the apostle paul speaks about this like in verse uh, 9 know you not that the unrighteous in the context unsaved people going back to ephesians 5 galatians 5 having a double application shall not inherit the kingdom of god be not deceived neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers, nor effeminate, 
another term for homosexuals, and yet not all effeminate people are homosexual, but it's implied, nor abusers or themselves with mankind, normally in reference to male prostitutes and also uh, female prostitutes, but again in reference to homosexuals, nor thieves, not just physical thieves, but stealing the glory of God, nor covetous, we discussed that this morning, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God, same as Ephesians 5, Galatians 5, look at verse 11, and such will some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirits of our God. So they came to the Lord with those sins attached to their names, hopefully would go on to live powerful, victorious lives, but if they didn't, and would backslide, and it's possible to backslide and go back into that way of life. And I've given you a couple of examples this morning, and not break free of that way of living. Peter says it was better that you never knew the gospel to begin with, like the dog going back to its vomits, or the pig wallowing in the mire. And yes, you have to wonder, were such people ever saved to begin with? I've given up trying to guess whether or not these people that offer themselves as being saved and yet are living such a life, are they saved or not? I don't know. I don't want to spend my time trying to decipher whether or not somebody's conversion is legit or not, but I know it's possible, based on the scripture and church history, that people can go back to where they came from. And if they don't get out of that way of life, we'll arrive at the judgment seat of Christ and uh, we'll have to answer for how they lived after they were saved. So lasciviousness, a serious word, an old-fashioned English word, dealing with depravity basically, the worst type of depravity, and people who get sucked into that way of living like pop stars, politicians, movie stars, Hollywood basically, and they go on to promote it and they destroy a generation or two and if you come from that background and you're you're now a Christian turn the TV off turn the radio off be careful what you see what you hear and if you're hanging around with on the one hand Lordship Salvationists push them out of the picture and if you're hanging around with the so-called easy believers uh, easy, easy believers <laughs> easy believers in push them out of the picture You've got to find somewhere in the middle to go uh, because you have liberty but uh, don't use it for an occasion to the flesh but use it for the glory of God because your old man is desperately wicked and if you allow him to get a hold on you you'll be back where you were before you were saved and that's just too unbearable to even consider and I'll close it now in, on that statement and bless you all in Jesus name Amen and Amen